in the last uh, week or so, uh, quite a bit has developed in terms of the Labour Party's policy towards Palestine, which oh, as far as now? I can tell, well, as far as I can tell is um, Keir Starmer made up a policy position to impress Nick Ferrari, oh. uh, which was, let's say, the maximal toughness, right? Saying um, I would say genocide, but yeah, sure. Yeah, maximal posturing of toughness, advocating for a genocide uh, on LBC, leading Britain's conversation, mm. um, in which he says, in which it asked a direct question, does Israel have the right to cut off power, water, uh, and, and aid to Gaza? He said, yes, Israel has that right, and specifically saying she has the right to defend herself in the way she sees Why it. does he gender uh, Israel like that? It's, like, it's not the most mm, important mm. thing here, but it really creeps me out the way he does that. It is, it is weird, like, like, it, like it's a ship. Yeah, and, mm. and all who sail in her. Um, yeah, hmm. Nick, Nick Ferrari, it- of course, one of the few people in history to be named after an object that he couldn't fit into. <laughs> <laughs> also, so- also a former sort of activity of Dave Courtney's, allegedly. Mm. So, so right, this is what this is what happened. <laughs> That's he went good, on. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he went on the radio and, when asked a direct question, gave a direct answer. Mm. He was recorded doing this, and everybody saw it. Yeah, mm. and we were all very, a- we were all mightily impressed with him for doing it. Yes. Well, and of course, Nick Ferrari was. Yeah, yeah, he was surprised. He was like expecting him to be, you know, to do the. uh, Remember, he was a human rights lawyer and do the kind of like, well, you know, uh, laws of war, isn't it? And instead, he got no killing. Start the killing now uh, and continue it indefinitely. And, and, and he made up a policy position on the fly because he knows it's what Nick Ferrari and Nick Ferrari's audience and people want to hear which is that i am going to i'm going to be grown up and reasonable which means i'm going to advocate for killing because that is a serious thing to do mm. to not mm. do that is to be naive Sounds and nice. it it makes me think once again and by the way this is was then repeated um by david lammy emily thornberry lisa nandy went on and said something not entirely dissimilar today i, I think west streeting as well like they, they were lining up uh, oh not west streeting not our favorite <laughs> well, the funny thing is, Streeting was one of the people who about faced recently because, mm. surprisingly, a lot of those comments caused a lot of people in the Labour Party, including elected councillors and stuff, to leave it. And so Labour oh, has yeah. now lost overall control of several councils. I believe one in Wales has now gone independent because of people quitting the Labour Party. Um, mm. And this is something I, 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 I sort of... It makes me think of something we've been talking about for a few months now, which is what British political insiderism does to you. Because well, it makes you I, I think forget you to- that you're a human rights lawyer <laughs> in a couple of cases, <laughs> Thornberry's and Starmer's. Yeah, but it's worth talking, I think, about specifically this exchange and why it's important that it was Starmer saying it to Nick Ferrari in particular. Mm. Which is that the utterances of a British political, and by the way, this applies to Rishi Sunak now talking about a two-state solution today, mm. um, on the day of recording, which is uh, the twenty-third of October. Uh, which is the whatever a British political insider says, someone who, who wants to be in and uphold the kind of when I say the political system, I don't mean the set of ministries and departments and stuff. I mean the rituals of the elected political class. Who wants to say that that the, who wants to uphold and be part of it has to perform things that have no semantic content? Yeah, like fucking uh, the head but, of a pig. <laughs> but basically, but basically, are part of a kind of ritual where agreed upon enemies are denounced and common idols are uplifted. It's essentially a way of saying, "I am going to be safe in here." But the audience is for about the three hundred people 
right? That that he was going on Nick Ferrari's show and he forgot that the people who are watching it aren't just the 300 people who have columns in front bench positions. Yeah, well, it's baffling. I, I mean, the thing is, like, what what's happened with the uh, the Hamas attacks is genuinely like unprecedented, and we're living through a time of increasingly unprecedented historical moments. You know, you you, you wait mm. ages for them, and now a bunch of them come along at once, um, and. Everyone in power, it seems, in Westminster, uh, you know, whether that's Labour or Conservative or, God forbid, Lib Dems, seems to believe that none of these things will ever affect them. Um, I mean, it's it's like, but it's pure chance. I mean, in Scotland, like our first minister's in-laws are in Gaza right now. Um, but, you know, none of that even registers, none of that cuts through that like, yeah, this this could be your family. You know, this could be something that could reverberate much more widely. Um, it just doesn't figure at all. It's baffling. Instead, like you said, it, it's rituals. You know, we we have to sort of like you know the the sea peoples might be like knocking over bits of the Mediterranean, but like we're inland, it's fine. So long as we we don't need to like learn any metal. Yeah, we don't live we in just, the sea. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna stay. That's why they're called the sea peoples. So they're gonna stay by the sea. Uh, exactly. Keir Starmer mm-hmm. sort of for me is like reminiscent a bit of like Manchester United fans who live in Surrey. Like the mm. reason why he supports Manchester United is because he thinks that Manchester United are going to win. So he's basically like that's why that's why fundamentally he supports Israel because like, well you don't want to support the guy who's going to lose. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, I mean it, it was it was it was really curious too because like the previous the immediately previous unprecedented historical moment had it not been for NATO and the EU and Boris Johnson's weird idiosyncratic like cavalier thing we could quite as easily have done the exact same ah uh, you know keeping keeping out of that one reaction to that you know and just been just sort of watched that play out you know mm. well and uh, you know I, I think that this is this when we talk about how British political insiderism makes you hollow it it mm. makes you unable to react to the world outside mm. It makes you it makes you unable to understand that the things on the news that you're being asked to react to on LBC are actually occurring. Listen, right? that, Com- that- Commodore Perry's ships might be in the harbor, but Keir Starmer, he's going to respect the emperor. He's going to expel the foreign barbarians. He's going to polish up that regalia really fucking nice. And it's going to be fine. They'll just leave. They will just leave. And everything's going to go back to normal forever. And we're not going to have to worry about it. One thing worth remembering was that during the Corbyn years, whenever Palestine was mentioned, whenever the whenever Israel Palestine was mentioned, but whenever Palestine was mentioned in particular, it was kind of always dismissed as like you know something something for cranks, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> well I think we were all sort of around when you had like again commentators on probably Nick Ferrari's show being like you know the Labour Party cares more about you know Palestine than, than they care about like you know ordinary British folk, right? It was always considered to be this issue that was only of interest to you know cranks and graduates and you know all that type of stuff. It was like considered to be like a you know in their terms like an elite belief. Mm. And I think what's happened now is that, you know, where Keir Starmer perhaps was hoping that like, you know, a status quo would still exist and he wouldn't really have to address it this this much. He now has to sort of look at what is happening and what is happening is like, you know, horrific and is and is a genocide. Mm. Um and they're just like not really prepared for what they're gonna say, right? And I feel like the the weird reactions of this and the sort of fixations on, you know, what columnists might think or what, you know, media institutions might think, the kind of attempt to triangulate and then just come off with this like bizarre contradictory position 
partly stems from the idea that for so long they just didn't really take it very seriously. Mm. Um, and now they're sort of like left with like the tail between their legs and they're sort of also being told that, you know, there is only one, pos- you know, there's only one position that you can take. Um, but also you have to be much more extreme at calling for it. Like I don't, you know, again, this is all anecdotal. I don't know whether this has sort of been demanded of other politicians, but I don't, I think that when it comes to Keir Starmer, like the pressure on him to be like, yeah, not only is this fine or good, but they should be going further. Mm. Um, <laughs> I call on them to go further. Mm. Well, yeah, kind, like, kind of. Um, that seems to sort of be like, has far less to do with like what is actually happening on the ground. Even if these people are like, yeah, you know, you should just flatten Gaza and like, you know, do whatever you want with it. It's not, they don't even like that convinced by that. I think they just want to see Keir Starmer like say, I know as a, I know I was a human rights lawyer, but actually I believe that like, you know, sacrificing children is good and we should do it more. Yeah, I was a human rights lawyer, but I was wrong. The, the, they want it, him basically. to drink from the puddle. They want him to drink from the puddle. And 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 like, there's the, the other aspect of this too is that like, as you say, Palestine was like this kind of like marginal issue within like internal Labour Party politics, where it was for like you know cranks and socialists and Muslims, right? Uh, and like, so they turns out that they actually like do vote as well. And are, are I'm somewhat hearing this for the first yeah, time. We need to yeah. put a stop to that because because like they sent out this like very aggressive like uh, very like authoritarian pair of letters to uh, like Labour MPs and Labour councillors. The councillors one was way worse and much more aggressive. There was like, if you go to these protests or whatever, you know, you will be deselected. You will be sort of like hounded out of the Labour Party. Um, and as a result, they lost control of a bunch of councils. I, I don't know how you how you come to that sort of arrogance, particularly when uh, like a few years ago, you did the exact same thing under Blair and like lost a like lost a George fucking Galloway like a, a, an idiot in a hat off of this exact same mistake and now we're repeating it again and, and one of the things that it's worth discussing as well right is that and one of the reasons it's worth bringing this up is that there's a whole arc now the arc has come to its conclusion at least with this particular episode which is that now the party is frantically trying to roll back the policy that the leader invented on the fly mm. so that Nick Ferrari would think he was cool <laughs> 